The Calendar Thief by Peter Medawar. Episode 5 The Golden Picnic. The butterflies flew back into the forest, and with them went the satyrs. Marcus felt relieved. All that joyful dancing irritated him. A ram bleated from behind the haystack, so he went over with the pail of water. As it drank, Marcus squatted on his haunches, trying to stretch. Something clicked in his back, and he groaned. Perhaps he was too old for another adventure. It had been some time since the retreat from Zenith, the golden days of stand-up fights between punks and cynics. None of this sneaking around in forests with back problems. His sister's death haunted him. He replayed the scene over and over in his mind, watching the red girl from the dunes getting up to fight, but then knowing he'd be killed too. Still, he kept going back to his hesitation as his sister was incinerated. He felt like a coward. He wanted vengeance. But how? Marcus walked back to his horse and had a drink. Then he had another drink and thought about it. His clan had been slaughtered on the beach, but something had upset the red girl. Was she worried about the lockbreaker? If so, then the strange creature from behind the door was the red girl's only weakness, and that made her an asset, a valuable asset. Marcus looked up at the haystack, he didn't think the satyrs would harm the lockbreaker, and although he had no love for centaurs, Marcus sensed they wouldn't hurt her, apart from Claude, who'd betray his own foal for a sugar cube. Marcus stretched, taking deep breaths. Something was awakening in him, a new sense of purpose. Half a life of wondering and dreaming of a return to Zenith had dulled his senses, but now he'd picked up the scent of a new war. They were shouting from the haystack, but it was happy shouting. The lockbreaker was as safe as she could be up there. As far as Marcus knew, there were no secret exits, and if there was one, she probably wasn't smart enough to find it. Lily had interrupted a feast on the haystack. She saw a red and white checkered tablecloth with an amphora of wine, bowls crammed with crispy fish, and a basket full of fruit. The leopard-legged satyr offered her an orange which looked blue, then violet, and then a colour Lily had never seen before. One satyr ate a sardine whole. Lily was happy nibbling at her fish before Dylan devoured two in one go. So she crunched hers down, Head, tail and all. It was exquisite. Lily had another three. When Dylan offered her some wine, she shook her head. Smiling, he pushed the amphora towards her. She backed off and tripped over an outstretched leg. Instantly they were around her, dangling a bunch of grapes in her face until she bit some off. Play fighting with food felt strange to Lily. Months of lockdown and bath had conditioned her to avoid human contact. 
But these were not humans. Soon she relaxed and went back to messing around as she'd always done. I'm in a new world. I'm the infection, not them. Golden dust puffed up from the bales as the satyrs climbed around like mountain goats. Lily was so full of energy and so excited, she felt all-powerful. She could take on anything and anyone. She slipped between two bales and held her breath, listening. She heard nearby laughter and wondered why, of all the satyrs, she was ambushing the only silent one. Crouched, keeping her head down, Lily waited in the shadows for her prey. All around her sunlight fell through fissures of dust. A blonde head appeared round a corner. Lily jumped out and tackled Dylan, rolling over and over across the prickly surface, her feet slipping in and out of holes. He kicked out and they shot over an edge and bounced down some straw steps, punching and elbowing each other until they landed gasping on the level below. Three satyrs piled on top of them. For Lily it felt like play-fighting with a pack of puppies, slapping and twisting before diving back on the pile with a delighted grin. Two of them had goat's legs and the soft fur of a deer, both stocky males with Dylan's dark complexion. And the third was the old female with leopard legs and a squint. Being with Dylan was her best moment inside so far. So many of the creatures Lily had met in the calendar, the punk, the cynics, the red girl, the proud centaurs, had been, at best, unfriendly. Dylan definitely wasn't short on friendliness. Down below, the ram left the water pail and started pulling up some gorse bushes. Marcus yawned. He was sweating so much his robe was sticking to his arms. He wanted to have a rest or even paint something, but not while he was guarding the girl. He could still hear her laughing from the top of the haystack, so at least she wasn't alone. The ram came up to his horse, sniffing. It was blunt-headed and unsuspicious, the size of a pony with spiral horns and a speckled face. Marcus watched it approach, warily. If it charged him, it could break his leg. But something else was making him uneasy. He felt like a wolf sniffing a new scent. Despite the heat, a chill came over him. Now, Marcus realised why he'd wanted to relax. It was that citric smell lulling him. The sweet smell of tangerines. As Marcus drew a dagger from his robes, the ram bowed its head. He walked towards it, his weapon cool in his hand. Feeling so tense, he wanted something to happen. He was just turning back to his horse when he noticed the ram's leg was trapped in the bush. When he tried to prise it free, the ram fell over. There was a crack of bones. The ram screamed as something started dragging it down. Marcus caught a glimpse of wild, milky eyes, a jolt, and the ram was pulled under completely. The sand smoothed over like silk. Marcus stared at the space where the ram had been. Something pulsed beneath him. 
he ran over to the haystack, looking for Lily. High above him, Lily bounced from bale to bale. Her foot shot through a hole and she fell over with a gasp. Distantly, she heard Marcus yelling for her from the ground. But there was no way she was coming now. The satyrs piled on top of her and popped grapes in her mouth. Lily was laughing so hard her belly hurt. Soon they led her to a straw enclosure like a miniature shed. At its centre was a narrow fissure leading down into the stack. Dylan gave a thumbs up and dived down like a rabbit into a burrow. Through golden grass fall, thought Lily. The other satyrs stood around the hole, waiting for her to follow him. The shaft was dark and vertical. Lily looked down, her confidence draining away. One of the male satyrs smiled at her as if to say, what's the problem? Five years ago, Lily had stayed on a farm in the south of France with her family. She spent hours chasing her brother, Little Shit, around the chicken sheds, running through the cow silos and climbing a haystack with a French girl called Colette. There they built straw houses and fought in the straw. One morning, Little Shit found a gap at the back of a haystack and the three of them crawled out onto a ledge. Down below them was a tractor trailer full of straw. Little Shit yelled, Banzai! and jumped straight down into the cart. When he landed, he stopped moving. Lily bit her finger, frightened. Was he hurt? If her brother was dead, it would be all her fault. Then he sat up with a grin on his face and gave them the thumbs up. Colette jumped down and landed beside him in a tangle of legs. Then they looked up at Lily. She sat on the edge, hesitant. If she jumped now, she might hit the metal edge of the trailer, or she'd miss it altogether, or there might be a rusty nail where she landed. Lily closed her eyes and imagined herself dropping into water, but it felt all wrong. She was good at climbing up, but not jumping down. Colette and Little Shit beckoned to her. When her brother's eyes met hers, she, he shook his head with a mocking smile. Lily edged forward until her hips were off the edge, held herself, then shrank back into the haystack. Colette's laughter followed her as Lily crawled back down the tunnel of straw. That night at dinner, she couldn't look at them without feeling ashamed. The old woman with the leopard legs squeezed Lily's arm, smiled and hopped down the shaft. Lily took a deep breath and got on her knees. There was no way she could lose Dylan now, not when he could help her get home. Lily pictured her brother and Colette beckoning from the hay cart. If the haystack in Normandy was the size of a cottage, then the one in the calendar was a palace. Marcus's voice came up from below, bellowing for her to come down. Lily closed her eyes and slid, head first, down the hay hole. The Shaft Lily 
slid headfirst down the hay shaft. There was just enough light to see Dylan wriggling like a mole far below her. She followed as best she could, trying to swim downhill. The tunnel broadened, giving her space to breathe, but then she was choked by a dusty spiderweb. She shouted and thrashed it aside and swam on. Soon, Lily was in utter darkness. Dylan had disappeared. She descended further. The shaft was narrowing, so she couldn't go back now. The bristly straw was right up against her shoulders, but she struggled on, gasping, dreading the moment when her fingers would touch a dead end and she'd be stuck upside down in the heart of the haystack. She'd hang there, squealing like a pig, while the blood rushed down to her head. Don't panic, she told herself. Just keep going. But what if she did hit the bottom and something landed on top of her? She groped around in the darkness, searching for a gap between the prickly bales. There. If she could find a bit more space, she could pull herself round so she'd be facing upwards and she'd be able to climb back to the top of the stack. Lily gritted her teeth and wriggled about. After a lot of pushing, she found a space between the bales. Now she was walking on her hands, edging across the hot darkness, waiting for the space to open up. At last, she was getting somewhere. For this... Lily froze. The voice was horribly familiar. For this... I jailed a god. Lily's muscles locked up. How had the red girl found her in here? And who was she talking to? For this, I lost my family. And you, stuck in the straw. The contaminant, you smelled it in here, hmm? There was a rasping sigh, horribly close to Lily's ear. She gulped. You smell stupid, Major. Cynics hunt, not hide in haystacks. Lily blinked the sweat from her eyes. There's a cynic in here? There was a rustling sound. Something brushed against Lily's arm. A return to days. That's what you want. Back to winds and storms. You want that thing to crease our oceans. You want this contaminant to break our precious locks. Bring back the chaos. Lily held her breath. If the red girl carried on monologuing for much longer, she'd pass out. Time's leaking in, Major. Is that what you want? Old age and hurricanes? Wild beasts and blizzards? A contaminant on the throne? Is that what you want? The blood was rushing to Lily's head. She was growing faint. Find it. Bring me its finger. There was a flash of light, a red shape passed by, centimetres from Lily's nose. The cynic was wedged between the bales, just like her. There were four holes on its abdomen, and one of them was moving. Lily stared at it. Tell me that's not a mouth. Its lips were smooth and rosy, and from it came the soft voice of the red girl. Find it. Sting it. Bring it. The light went out. 
Lily edged back the way she'd come. Every rustle of straw sent jolts of fear through her body. The cynic was moving, getting closer. Lily pulled herself across on her fingertips, the dust roar in her throat, biting her lip and wishing she could wipe the sweat from her eyes. There was a silence. Where's the cynic? Has he given up? Contaminant! The red girl hissed in her ear. There was a mad thrashing of limbs. Lily groped about, swimming as hard as she could, and fell through the dark, rolling round and round and landing with a thump. She sat up, panting and gasping, clawing at her face. A flash in the darkness. Dylan's face glowed across at her like a bearded lantern. The satyr was sitting in a corner of the straw room, demonic in the candlelight. Lily jumped to her feet, hid her head on the prickly ceiling, and looked back up the shaft. Nothing moved. Cynic! Dylan stared at her, wild-eyed, one hand guarding the candle. Lily realised she had to stop him from panicking. Wait, 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 wait! How do we get out of here? The room was about six metres square and too low to stand up in. There were no windows or doors. Holding a lit candle in a haystack seemed like a bad idea. Lily took it from Dylan and looked up the shaft. She looked back at him and smiled, wearily. I think we're all right. A twisting shape fell on her. Something cold. Marcus climbed the haystack but couldn't find Lily. As he was clambering back down, he hoped that Dylan would at least protect her. There was something moving under the sand. Marcus paused at the base of the haystack and clicked out the blade from his weapon, waiting for his shape to pass. As he walked over to his horse, he was expecting an attack at each footfall. He'd already climbed to the top of the haystack and found no one. At least the girl wasn't alone, though how Dylan could protect anyone was a mystery to Marcus. The satyr was a finder, not a fighter. Marcus's black charger was snorting and whinnying. The punk jumped into the saddle and whipped the horse round towards the haystack. But the horse panicked, wild-eyed, refusing to cross the cursed ground. Marcus pulled the bridle round. The horse reared up and galloped back into Satyriton. A twisting shape fell on Lily. The candle went out. She scrambled around on the hay floor in the dark, kicking out, desperate not to get stung. She grabbed a soft leg and realised it belonged to the female satyr. Another male satyr landed next to her with a thump. Lily exhaled, relieved. Dylan relit the candle and sat grinning in the flickering light. The room was full of sweaty creatures and Lily was feeling claustrophobic. The big male jumped when something ran past his feet. Lily saw a tiny white mouse run across a straw and pause, quivering in a corner. The three satyrs stood and stared. Lily recognised the same expression of wonder as Marcus when he'd first seen the butterfly. The mouse vanished into the straw. Dylan knelt on the floor and set his elbow on a hay bale. He motioned for Lily to take his hand. It took her a moment to understand. 
arm wrestle? You want to arm wrestle now? She shook her head. The leopard-legged woman took up the challenge and Lily stood back, relieved. Dylan whistled while the satyr strained against him, then flipped her over with a flick of his arm. Lily stood, hand on hips. Is there a way out of here? The goat-legged male set his arm on the bale. He was brawnier than Dylan and his biceps were much bigger. They locked hands. Dylan gave a fiendish grin and flicked his wrist, snapping. His friend grimaced, his arm dipped, but he held his knuckles just above the bale. Dylan held him there. His brawny friend grunted and sweated but wouldn't give up, until Dylan tickled him under the arm and he fell backwards with a shout. Dylan hiccuped and turned to Lily. She was exasperated. But there's a cynic up there. The little man cracked his knuckles and waved her over. Lily had no choice but to play along. Reluctantly, she knelt before the satyr and took his hand. Dylan whistled a starting order. Lily struggled with all her might, but it was like pushing on rock. Her opponent mined cleaning his nails on the other hand. When Lily put her whole body into it, the other satyrs laughed and slapped their haunches. Dylan flicked his wrist. Lily hit the floor. She tried to get up, but his rough hand held her down. All right, you win. You can let go now. Mercy. He took a knife from her dressing gown pocket. Lily felt a surge of horror. She felt like a sacrifice on a slab. Dylan slashed the bale beneath her, cutting the strings, then shoving aside the loose straw and giving her back the knife. Again, he pushed her down. Let go, you're hurting me. The satyr crouched over her, his eyes glittering in the candlelight. He pressed Lily's hand down until it touched something cold. Her key finger tingled. There, between the satyr's claws, was the number four. As Marcus's horse galloped past the centaur's gym, he heard a yell and a great clatter of weights. Red shapes appeared in the shadows, stabbing with their stings. There were hooves everywhere, men cursing and jabbing with spears, panicking satyrs running in all directions. Marcus's horse nearly threw him off. There'd be no help from here. The punk pulled the horse round and rode back towards the haystack. Lily was trembling with anticipation. When she put her finger in the keyhole, it burned to the touch. Dust puffed up as she pulled at the hatch, surprised at how heavy it was. She forced herself to concentrate. She pulled back the hatch, her arms trembling. There was a gust of cool air and an achingly familiar smell. Ah, the smell of crisps mingled with her mother's skin cream. Lily took a deep breath. Is this it? With a great surge of hope, she closed her eyes and pulled the hatch up further. The hinges groaned as it slammed back. Now, Lily could even smell the last traces of her dinner. She opened her eyes. Below her was a cellar full of barrels and checkered sunlight. She sat back, feeling crushed and angry. 
She bit her fist, trying to stop herself yelling. Dylan watched her with a glint in his eyes. She couldn't flip out in front of him. Not now. Maybe this just doesn't wasn't the right door. Maybe the next one would let her out. But what if it didn't? I'm trapped. Dylan plucked something round and bronze from the side of the door. It was an old doorbell with a button at the top. The satyr tinged it and looked delighted, then pointed at something on the inside of the door frame. Lily recognised the ornate writing from the previous door and read aloud, Sounds. She had to lie down to see the rest of the words. Forever amaze. Sounds forever amaze. Dylan beamed and slapped her back. Do you know what it means? She said. Dylan tinged the doorbell and offered it to her. The far wall burst apart. Lily fell through the hatch, landed on some wooden beams and rolled on the ground. She caught a glimpse of the satyrs racing across the storage spaces like rats fleeing fire. A pincer swept out from the hatch, snapping and tearing at the hay bales, straining to catch her. To Lily's relief, the cynic was too big to fit through the hatch. Tiny feet scurried across her as the mice ran out. Flames started to flicker in the room above. The cynic thrashed about, trying to break free. Lily left it hissing and ran off through the cellar. But where's Dylan? There was a crash from behind her. Sparks whirled in the darkness. Lily ran out into a sunlit courtyard. Here the sand was crisscrossed with satyr prints, going round the side of the haystack towards Satyriton and the centaur workout rooms. Dylan was Lily's best chance of escape, even if she couldn't understand him. As she started following the trail, she heard hooves. Marcus galloped up in a cloud of dust. Where's the satyr? Lily looked up at him, squinting in the sunlight. Dylan showed me a door. Where is he? We can follow his trail. No time. His horse snorted and turned in a circle, nervous. We need to go. I've got to find Dylan. Go now. They're hunting you. Marcus's robe was torn and he looked ragged. Get up. Lily had to choose. Find the only person who could get her home or leave him behind. Now. From the haystack they heard shouting, the sounds of battle, panic and death. Then there was a familiar buzzing. Lily didn't know what to do. We need Dylan. The haystack went up in a great ball of flame. A centaur rode past on fire. Marcus hauled Lily up into the saddle and galloped away from the carnage.